0: All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Vaigash. The portion Vaigash talk about the word Vaigash. Vaigash means get closer. But when you get closer, it can happen suddenly with an explosion, an accident, more like the word in Hebrew dakshut. Or it can happen closer when two people get along. What is exactly going on here? Vaigashelav Yehuda, and he Adoni." Yehuda. After last week, negotiation. Basically, Yehuda is worried because he promised his father that he will bring absolutely Benjamin home. And now, Yosef want to take Benjamin with the with the with the, uh, uh, goblet that he play game with the with the brother. He want to take Benjamin as a slave. So that's the debate. Yehuda get closer to Joseph. And explain to him the situation that he can't do such a thing. What is Yehuda? What is Yosef? Yehuda represents the universe as we know it, Malchut, the illusionary universe. Yosef represents the fulfillment. So now it's not that Yuda is worse or Yosef is better, it's just what they represent. So Yehuda is getting closer to Yosef and the idea is how do you create between those two forces to become one force. This is what all this weak portion is about. elav How do we get closer? How do we connect with the right situation in our life? And why are we doing it? And of course, on a simple level, understanding, on a pshat level, there is many ways to look at it. But we truly want to understand the depth Part of it. But before I'm going there, just think to yourself about your life. How good are you on confronting the issue, on basically getting close, especially in tonight's lecture, um, which is before New Year Eve? And people are asking me, what about the New Year Eve? We celebrate, we don't celebrate. After all, it was some holiday that. Uh, was not supporting a lot of uh, uh, Jewish people, and in fact, it was a holiday when people celebrate getting rid of Jewish people. So my answer to the people is always simple: said there is seven billion people who on the New Year Eve minds are open, open mind, because when the mind is open, we have to think how can we eject that light into the brain because then the brain of a human being is open then right away we need to inject light we need to inject positive so because tomorrow night is New Year Eve everybody you know it's falling on Parashat Va'igash it We either it becomes explosion or either we are getting closer to the soul of a person opening it up and injecting a wonderful part of light because we can change uh, the path of physicality as it's written, Dina de Malchut Dinah, meaning this is Malchut, this is how it works, and people celebrated that day. Our job is to find a way to take whatever is there and inject a positive energy. So now. Like to read to you a section from the Zohar, and let's see what the Zohar has to say about this vaigash. Rabbi Yehuda Patach Dama, kina melachim no Adu. Rabbi Yehuda said that, that Joseph and Yehuda meet with each other or get closer to each other. He take a verse from another section from the Book of Psalms by King David. The two kings get closer to each other. Who are the two kings? Zehu Yehuda and Yosef. Yehuda is king and Yosef is king. Why? We know that in the end of time, in the end of time, which hopefully will happen soon, it will be two Mashiach, two Messiah. One is called Messiah from the house of Yosef and one will be the messiah from the house of Yehuda or King David if you want. and the idea that two kings every generation you have the messiah from the house of Yosef but every generation that messiah has to die if messiah of king David didn't come or messiah of king Yehuda didn't come so every generation one messiah is coming and waiting for the other there is this week I had a wonderful gentleman full of enthusiasm who, not this week, last week, who were very busy convincing me that his teacher, his rabbi, is the is the Messiah. I don't know if I was refused to get confused to, to get convinced. I was just thinking to myself after that. People who believe that the Messiah already here, or have been here, don't have the ability to respect truly other people. Why am I saying it? If you're convinced that you met the nicest person ever live, when you meet somebody who's nicer than the nicest person you ever meet, that person has no chance. To fit to your category simply because that person feels already i met the messiah i met whoever i need to meet so i don't need to come and meet again the same thing with the messiah so if somebody say oh i met the messiah Uh, i know what the messiah is what if the next door neighbor is the messiah what if the person in your school is the Messiah? You will not be open-minded. That's what happens. You become cruel. You're losing your your your, your, your side of love. You're losing the side of ability to, to be kind. Because you think, listen, my teacher is the Messiah. That's it. I know who the Messiah is. So when we talk about Yehuda and yourself meeting each other, we are talking about two forces that basically getting slowly, slowly closer to each other they came to argue between it, them. together. Heuda promised his father that he will bring Benjamin back. He promised that he will take care of Benjamin in the upper world and the lower world. Now, what is Benjamin represent? Benjamin represents Jerusalem. So Yehuda said, I'm in charge of that piece of land called Jerusalem. What does Jerusalem represent? Jerusalem is not just a piece in a, in a, in a country called Israel. We talk about the spiritual place, meaning a place that draw the whole essence of spirituality as we know it, into this physical world. So Yehuda arrived Binyamin. He was in charge of Benjamin for that. So you get closer to yourself to argue with him about Benjamin. He said to yourself, listen, I promised my father that I will take care of Benjamin. And if I cannot take care of Benjamin, then I will be in Nidui. They excommunicate me from the family in this physical world in the upper world to come. So that was the excuse of Yehuda, why he came strong to Yosef. And the verse continues from King David, that's, Ki me'lachim When we say the kings are meeting each other. And then it says, They are now crossing together. What does that mean, together? So they were fighting about what? but Benjamin this whole argument between Yehuda and Yosef was about Benjamin but we want to take it further it's not just about Benjamin as a person it's about Benjamin as the in charge of the of the land that's called Jerusalem what does Jerusalem represent? the place that eventually eventually uh, will belong you know, to worship the creator in the best way we can. I mean you don't see exactly right now uh, appreciation or love uh, uh, for, for, for uh, the Jewish people or the Jewish people who live in Israel to take Jerusalem. Nobody knows belong to. They belong to Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Palestinian authority, Jewish authority, a mess. That place meant to be by the Bible by Abraham who bought it. You know, basically Jacob bought uh, Shechem, Abram bought Hebron and and uh the Bet So they really belong to the Israelite, not to the Israeli, to the Israelite, to the Jewish people. And they have a mission to do. Their mission is to take care of the nation. So there is something going on. I mean, we see so much anti-semitic. You know, and I'm thinking like, Who's, who's in charge of this anti Semitic? I mean, everybody wake up in the morning and shoot. In Texas, they were shooting a Christian. Every time there's uh, another story of hate. And I believe I said today on Facebook that the first, the, the, the number one place to create a hatred is the UN. I believe the UN creates more hatred than any other place in the world. It's supposed to be a peace place. but I wish that somebody who has time with power to check it, that my words are wrong, I hope to be wrong. But UN is basically what they do, they eat three times a day, they have a beautiful apartment, those of you who know the area, 51 first, you know, beautiful. They live in the best best places in New York for four years, five years. And what they do in the city there between chicken and chicken lo mein. And desert the condemning that's what they do condemn how can we condemn somebody somebody come to scratch their ears say you heard we should condemn this okay condemn what is this condemn where is the condemn thing condemn that's education what they do in the UN you should ask them one question and they even get along there. those people who work there they even get along they want to preach on peace they get along with the people there start there close the room for one month and get along with everybody. They can't. They just can't. They're sitting there and can't. So can you imagine there will be no more UN building, it will be turned to the fancy hotel and everybody from different countries will be online and you will vote, all the people will vote. Have that idea today, vote! You agree with what they say, you disagree with what they say and then it will be uh, people together that make decisions. In the end because there is so much wrong that happening because of the UN existed it used to be a good thing I would say 50 even 60 years ago you know and it's become such a place of people get comfortable and people not looking to do better and I don't know if it's the next generation I don't know the answer for it, but when I look at vaigash which is a time to put the two forces together and the problem they create in the world, the problem they created in Israel, the problem they create um, everywhere. just They don't solve anything. I really don't know what they're doing there. Everybody come there and talk about their problem and then they condemn the problem that he talked about and then another guy come. It's like a, a few clowns. And everybody say hey, let me vote together with you against this guy. It's only what I'm against. As Mother Teresa once say, don't tell me what you're against. Tell me what you're for and I will come and I support you. Beautiful verse. We cannot hear all day long what you are against. That's bring killing, That bring problem and, and it's not religion on this story, the world like many people think. It's money. money is the first cause and then the money was given to religion to do it in a certain way. So in Parashat Vayigash, in Vayigash, you know, the way God won the world is the Jewish people to be in Jerusalem and then the Jewish people's job is to serve the whole nation of the world that they will have prosperity, that they will have good life. That's our job. That's our job. It's not that they're better or worse. That's what they chosen to do. They're not being chosen people as love Jewish people like to say, or Israeli people like to say. No. They were chosen to do the work. They were not chosen to be chosen. <laughs> they were chosen to work hard. What is the work? Spirituality for the world. That's what they're in charge of. That's it. That's what they're in charge. Of. What is the other nation will do? They will work, they will make money, they will sponsor the Jewish in Jerusalem to make sure they do the work well. That's it. That's see, That's how the universe is supposed to be operating. And it will, eventually. Right now, because of thousand reasons why it doesn't work, but mostly, to my opinion, because of the UN building, that condemning. Yeah. How many times who, who has been condemned more than any other places in the world? Israel. Check it online or Google it, please. Who condem- what is the UN condemned the most? Israel. And it sounds... When you go to the, I've been there, New York building, it sounds like Israel is a place of, like, severely dangerous, way worse than other places that, I don't even to tell you those places that in Iraq. I mean, there's so many things going on. You have nothing else to do, just pointing the finger. That, of course, create hate and animosity against uh, Jewish people in many places. Now, and I'm not here to try to make a difference between what's better and what's worse, but I'm just saying you have a job, you gotta do it. You have a job, you gotta do it. So, when the Zor continue to say, How did Yehuda end up being in charge of Benjamin? Because. Who was in charge of selling Joseph? Yehuda. So now he felt responsible for the life of the brother of Joseph, which is Benjamin. Now we're going a little bit deep. Rabbi Yehuda said, kan What does that mean by "igashel av Yehuda"? get closer. Meaning the ratzon, get closer. The rat's What is the ratzon? Desire. When the desire has been activated, then the fulfillment can come into expression. There is always fulfillment in the world. What is that you want to have? What is that you want to have? The fulfillment is here. But do you have a desire for that fulfillment? Many people sitting and dreaming about ideas and wonderful things, what's gonna happen, their life, relationship, soulmate, money, fame. But the problem is, you have to look at the fulfillment like it exists, and then you gotta create a room for the fulfillment to come down. Yosef is the fulfillment. Yehuda is that desire. When they connect with each other with peace, then the nukva, located, the nukva, the nekeva, the female, is receiving. All the nourishment, and the male is giving all the nourishment. Very similar to pregnancy, when the man share his sperm, and the nekevad, the female receives the sperm, and together you have a valad, you have you have a child. What is the receiving job of the nukva of the female? Is I want to receive, I want to receive, so I can give a pleasure to the giver. What is a giver job? I want to give, not for the sake of receiving, for the sake of giving. So they're both giving now. If they're both giving, then we are in the right page. Sometimes, as I spoke on Shabbat, sometimes people like to go one level down. One level down. If you are not so smart, you get married to somebody stupid. So you feel smart. That's good. If you're not so beautiful, you marry somebody really ugly, so you feel beautiful. If you don't have big desire in life, you marry somebody who's a loser. No, not different. Big. De- what is a loser? For me, somebody with no desire—that's a loser. Yes, there is loser out there. Yes, you can just be a say loser. I will say it again. People with no desire are loser, and they will continue to be loser. Is loser can stay loser all their life. Usually, yeah. Born loser, die loser. Until he meets me and listen. If he listens, then he's no longer loser. You know? But a loser means no desire at all. Dead dead persona. Nothing to do with age. I see people at the age of sixteen loser already. Nothing. There's nothing there. Nobody with a desire. And the next generation, maybe okay, but the generation after that. As Albert Einstein said, you know, I don't know how they're gonna fight in the Third World War. But the war after that they will fight with stone and stick. That's what he say, Albert Einstein. So, we are coming into a time that there is no desire. People run out of desire. Eh, there is all the thousand skills, why? But the desire is disappear. You cannot make fulfillment disappear, but the desire is diminishing. Like you see people in the age of 16, 17, 18, till 31. That's the major age, you know. 33 is like the end of a major soul elevation. And if at that time a person doesn't have a drive, drive, inspiration, whatever it's come from, desperation or inspiration, gotta gotta, gotta do something, gotta do something, gotta do something. And if you don't do something about it, you're going to end up with uh, some soul that has such a small desire. I, I used to give lecture 15 years ago on, on level of desire. I said, there is a Lachaim cup, you know those little Lachaim cup, and there is a bucket. How do you fill up a bucket? Take time. How do you fill a laheim cup, a small cup, like a, what, what should we call a L'chaim cup, a, a shot cup, a tequila shot cup, or espresso cup, if you know it's easier to fill it up. Satisfaction comes right away. So if you marry to somebody who a L'chaim cup, awareness, it's gonna be very nice at the beginning, but it's, it's gonna die, it's not gonna last. If you marry somebody with a bucket desire, you're gonna marry somebody who's never been satisfied. You know, <laughs> a pain in the neck, they're never happy. Like like Jewish, you know. Jewish complain all the time. As uh, what is name uh, say it? Uh, what's the name of this comedian uh, with the glasses? Funny short comedian. What is his name? Uh, the old one. The uh, Woody Allen. Woody Allen. Woody said <laughs> he, he talk about Jewish restaurant. He say in a Jewish restaurant people complain twice. First they complain that the food is bad, and then they complain the portion are small. So he said to the Jewish people, if the food is bad, why do you need a big portion? right?" <laughs> <laughs> but only Jewish can can actually... It's a crazy. You go to a Jewish restaurant, they always said, uh, what do you want to drink? I said Pepsi with no ice. Why no ice? Because they want more. And they went to the same school or something? It doesn't matter where they were. What is that? Where does it come from? It's a, it's a, it can be good. It can be good. Unfortunately, not that they don't know how to go with that bucket. So what do they do? They're looking for somebody with a small desire. So there, there's no argument. It's beautiful. There is no, there is no problem. You know? There's no problem. Everything is just flowing. But that's, that's what, when we talk about Yosef uh, and Yehuda, when we talk about Yosef is the uh, fulfillment, and Yehuda is the receiver, we talk about two different forces. One is the giving and one is the receiving. So if the receiving and the giving is not matching, is not at the same level, then you cannot work it together. You cannot work it together because Yosef and Yehuda were on the same level. It's not it, true, it can be an accident. It's very difficult to put the two forces together. But once they are together, Mishum shebaolam All the problem, all the sin in the world are removed once you find the right fulfillment with the right vessel. Then there is no more negativity, like it's written the over al and all the crime will be removed. Mishum haZivug kol So the Zohar is telling us, can you imagine, when you match the giving and the receiving force together, there is no more problem. So when couples come to see me for argument they have, I said you can only have two arguments in life. Either you want to give and your partner don't want to receive, or either you want to receive and your partner don't want to give. Other than that you cannot fight about nothing. And I said to them, challenge me. I so I don't want to waste your time. You pay me money for my time. I give you five minutes' advice. Whatever you are going to talk after the fifty-five minutes will be just blah 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 blah. But I can do it. I can sit and listen and talk. But and no problem. And uh, I remember this couple from from Florida that decided to work with me. And uh, and. Uh, It's funny, like, how much change in people's life once they're willing to see what's going on. And I remember in one of the sessions, after they continue with that, she said what you want to give him, and he said what you want to give her, she said what you want to receive from him, and he said what you want to receive from him, like we did like worship. When he discovered what you want to receive from him, what you want to give him, that was the end. I said, that wasn't the purpose. He said, you have no idea how much you helped me. She, she wrote something unappropriate I said, but, but why? We can work it out. They said, no, no, trust me. You saved me so much money. I said, that wasn't the purpose to save you money. He said, do you ever read what's written there? And she, she she didn't write everything in a good way, but he was lucky enough. He was right, by the way that he left. But what I'm trying to say is the two forces of giving and receiving, that's all what you need to learn to do. If, if your partner cannot receive from you what you want to give, they have a small vessel, can be with them. Or if you want to receive something from your partner and they cannot give it to you, that's a blockage too. Now you have to ask yourself what type of persona you are. Are you a persona? That like to give all the time, then you need somebody with a big vessel, like I have that couple living in Park Avenue, very fancy, they own the whole building. So work on well the relationship. So the husband complained that the wife always spending his money. That's it. That is complaint. She complained that there is not emotional and all this and that. And. Well, we we work on it for six months and then she said why is it so cheap? And he said why you only want my money? Then I had to get involved, being me you know me. I said to him do you have anything else to offer but money? Do you have anything else? You know as a man to man I talked to him. Do you have anything else to offer but money? He was upset and angry and this and that. It took him maybe four and a half years after that. He wasn't in touch with him to call me. I had to say that I'm bright. Four and a half years later. But I did some, what we call, trick on him. I went with Debbie and uh, his wife and me to a fancy restaurant. And I make sure that the check will not arrive. Because it's so cheap. It's very rich. Very rich. I'm talking about in the 100 million rich. I make sure I order anything on the menu. And I knew I'm going to take care of the bill, you know, I knew I'm going to take care of the bill. And he's looking what's wrong with this <laughs> spiritual dude who's keep ordering things. I say, what? And I keep, and I keep asking, what would be an expensive sushi? Unusual. Oh, they say, we have the Toro. that's the belly of the tuna. That sounds like a good thing. And he's like looking, and I see him looking at the paper, but he doesn't look at the column of the item. He look at the other column, the right column you uh, understand the price, that's what he's looking at and I order it and he really doesn't enjoy dinner his wife doesn't know what I'm doing but she's shocked that I'm even there to do that because I can lose like a client, it's a very big client and I'm doing it and I'm having a good time and Debbie starts looking at me, doubting me like she, she understands, it's a very nice trick How Are you gonna get out of it with the money and the tip and everything Look at God, God work in that. So we're eating well, we left even on the plate some food, like so much shefa. But I want to teach him the, the, the aspect of spending on yourself because he was going with the shoes with a hole. And I ask him, please buy any shoes, please. You have enough, please don't become concerned. The person in the restaurant. Huh? The manager of the restaurant look at me, as I'm ordering the check and everything, Say, said, I don't oh, know you. See, you don't remember me, I'm a, is, is a, uh, a Muslim guy from Morocco that I was helping him with some spiritual thing. And he was working, if you know Manhattan and Sony building. See, you don't remember, we sat together, you explained to me the whole Jewish Torah, and I was like, yeah, that's a long time ago, yeah. So oh, that's amazing. So introduced me to the owner. So the owner somehow knows this real estate guy and he said to me, You know, we, we were talking to each other. We look at you, you just, uh, not to insult you, you're just a teacher, you work in a non profit. Uh, and you took the check, kind of, well, we, we know the guy. I mean, the guy is a, it's a big shot. So we are wondering, we are talking to each other, we're betting who know the story better. And I said, "I can't talk now. I can't tell you you know we were aside next to the bathroom I, went, I forgot to tell you I went to the bathroom come So I, I don't want to talk about it I said, So the owner said to me, "Can I treat that, that table?" <laughs> I said, "My wife will be very happy." <laughs> yeah. And he treated the, the table and it, it Two time happened in my life, two times. That's the second. The first time it happened, I, I took uh, a uh, boyfriend and girlfriend to tell them how important it is to get married when they are in love. And we invite them. And then Debbie told me she forgot the wallet somewhere else. That, that's a different story, but that's... I don't want to mix the story. So the, 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 the story with the, with the cheap man is, it teaches him a lesson. It was a great lesson he told me. It's awakening him. It was very much a shame. Like he has money, you know? He know he has money. He Just don't think he should spend. And we become very close. And uh, um, it changes life. And what I'm trying to tell you with that, you can be together if the vessel don't match. The fulfillment is always the same. Money always gonna come. Love always gonna come. Joy always gonna. That's called fulfillment. That's yourself. Yehuda is the vessel, meaning, what type of vessel you have, what type of container you have. So you can fall in love just with the look. Uh, but there is people who look amazing. Once they start talking, uh, buy out, you know. But please don't talk, stay in journal. You know, journal like uh, what jump of the journal from Vogue. You know, stay there, you know. Uh, the vessel is the definition of the desire. So if the person just want to keep the money for himself, he thinks it's small. You have 100 million. Think how much you need, 10 million. Then let's build things for people. There's enough poor people who need food. Feed the poor, create organization, non-profit. You can, you can create like, what's his name? Uh, Paul Newman, I think is the name of the guy who created this cereal. Paul Newman? Yeah. Paul Newman. It's still working. This Paul Newman organization. And it doesn't. It doesn't lose money. It make money, and it's always take care of itself. It's a tremendous, tremendous concept. We cannot be cheap. We cannot just think small. Thinking small eventually is when people think small. They're selfish. People think if they think small, they nice. No, no, no. Thinking big is being nice, because thinking small meaning that you're thinking about one person yourself. Thinking big. You wanna make one billion? No problem. You wanna make the you wanna be the most famous person in the world. Great. That's how you're gonna influence people. Better. But don't think small. Thinking small means you are the selfish person. People who think small, people tell you, ah, I just want a piece of bread and olive. Stay away from them. They're the most selfish people. They're a nightmare. Run run to the other side. When people think, I wanna conquer the world, the Playboy, and all those people that everybody love to hate. Those people have a chance. I'm not saying they're there, but they have a chance to become the leader of the world in a positive way. I'm not saying they there yet, but those have a potential. When a person thinks small, there's no potential there. it's just thinks small. And every day the vessel just shrink. When people think big, it's unbelievable. Two weeks ago, I have a lesson, and one of my students awake me up to tell me that I should think bigger than I think. And I was shocked. Nobody ever told me this. Nobody ever dared to have, sorry, the balls to talk to me like that. Because I think I think big. But I think in the last three years something happened to my consciousness. Maybe I fell. Or maybe it was a gift from God to wake me up. I'm still thinking big, but now there is another level to think big. So, wow, I didn't know that that's the way to go. You know, like my wife definitely thinks bigger, we are different. I'm thinking more conservative, my wife is more wild and thinking very big. I'm thinking safe. And when you think like that, your own vision of life starts to change. You look at life very differently. When you're thinking small, your vision of life is you. You think only about one thing, safety. I need to be safe. So a friend of mine, God bless him, two weeks ago, woke me up. And with this awakening, it just can't stop. Since that awakening. But you have to be open to listen. When people like this meet you in life. You have to be open to listen. That's your job. They're coming to tell you things big. Now, thinking big, it's not fun. Can you imagine a bucket which is empty all the time? L'chaim cup which is empty. Espresso cup when it's empty. It's not so bad. It's small. To uh, you drop, it's fill up. But a bucket. Doesn't matter how much you put in; it's always empty. So what you rather feel—that emptiness—to motivate you to have more, or just fulfill? I never met a person who fulfilled themselves and sitting there and happy. Never in my life. And I met people from all kind of way of life. But if a person fill up the bucket and always have a pipe there to share, then they always have both life. Fulfillment and empty. So the empty motivates him to have more or her and the sharing is taking a place and fulfillment. For that reason, I'm taking you to another section of the Zohar, continue about this, those Yehuda and Yosef, and it's a V'lo y'achal Yosef liitapek. Yosef couldn't hold it anymore. Now remember, Yosef means fulfillment, couldn't hold it anymore. V'amar to give charity to the poor God created human being and make sure that the human being will be the king of all the world there is two type uh, uh, four type of people that exist in the world four type of people you think 27 four. righteous and wicked tipshin shin vechamin stupid and wise. That's the end of everything. So you're either gonna meet wise person, stupid person, poor or rich. Can you define something else? No, that's all that's, that's it. Why? The call kol arba minimum alam it baolam. Asherin vanim The kulamu kadeshi skuvi attivu eluim elu. God creates rich and poor so they can make good to one another. The rich give to the poor, make him happy. So, and also, the poor give to the rich by being available to receive from the rich. You a to look at life like this is difficult, I know, because the rich feel, I help you. No, no, I don't want your money. What are you gonna do now? So you are rich and you, you accumulate billions and you know nothing. How fun and how great it is to give. You know, you always want to be on the side of the giver. You don't want to be on the side of the It's a shame for us to receive bread of shame. Not, not fun. But can you imagine that you want to give, you want to create a food drive twice a week for the poor people in LA? Can you imagine the, the poor people go on strike, don't take food from Eliau? I'm miserable now. Now I, they don't want to receive anything from me, I can give. If I cannot give, I'm stuck. So that's why Also, if all it will be righteous people, and righteous people want to help wicked people. And the wicked people don't want to hear from the righteous. Righteous suffer. And the wicked people don't want to hear the righteous, then the wicked suffer, because they don't receive knowledge and the wise will help the stupid to help them, so I guess there is six types righteous and wicked, uh, rich and poor, and uh, wise and stupid wise and stupid, now you have to teach them sechel. Sechel is like mind, brain, how to use the sechel. So in every city, you have exactly the amount of poor people the amount of rich people. When you see a lot of poor people in a city, that means there is a lot, also a lot of rich people. It's called in, in Chinese, they call it Ying and Yang. In, 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 it's a method of everything is complete. There's never a mistake. So when you see a poor, exactly the same amount of rich when you see a group of stupid people, not far from there, there is a group of wise people. There's always a match, always, you have to remember, always. It's, it's work uh, 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 in a perfect way. So when we're thinking about Yosef and Yehuda now, going back to our story, those two forces meet each other. What does that mean they meet each other? The fulfillment called Yosef. Meet the vessel called Yehuda and they're supposed to beat each other. Sometimes people meant to be together but things preventing it. Preventing it. Last lifetime, different thing. But remember, if you want to get to the core of everything, check your desire and check your fulfillment. If you too fulfill, as some people, uh, uh, the daughter of the cheap gentleman, she suffered from she couldn't stand the maid to clean her room she's still in her room when the maid come in to clean the room she was getting angry i say maybe you need to clean the room yourself i can arrange it with your father we can arrange it save some money so no no panic attack <laughs> so why not she's ashamed shame somebody is doing her job she's ashamed of it she's a shame <clears throat> so instead of being ashamed, just do it. What makes a human being happy? What makes a human being happy? That you're capable to do what you want to get. What is it you want to get in life? Money. If you get the money for free, you're not going to be happy. If you find a way to earn the money, you're going to be extremely happy. Things about developing a business that eventually you're going to benefit a lot of money from it. There is a wonderful lady who called me today. God bless her. And she asked me to help her to develop her old business idea. Business system. beautiful, concept, beautiful this. Uh, I had to give her the name uh, of the business and how it's going to go, how it's going to be built. But she has desire to do something. So that desire is bringing the wheels start shaking and moving. So remember, this old vayikash is for you to find where is your fulfillment, where is your Yosef, where is your Yehuda, What do you want to receive from life? What are you giving? You've got to build that system. And if you don't build that system, my friend, you're just hanging there. Very nice, you know, something. What do you want to be when you grow up? Something, something. I will go with the flow. There's people who say, I will go with the flow. Can you tell me what the flow is so I can join you? Where's the flow going exactly? Tell me, where's this flow? Go with the flow. You know what go with the flow means? leave me alone, you put too much pressure on me, I have no idea what I want for my life and I want to wait another 70 years to find out, let's go with the flow, go with the flow. I was teaching, I always mention his name, God bless his soul, he died this year, I was teaching a guy named Robert Pergament, one of my favorite human beings I ever met in my entire life. Yeah, he died when he was 90 something, I want him to live forever, yeah, can. Okay. and Robert, <laughs> he had a very tough father, tough parents. Everything was wrong in his life, in the beginning of his life. But he managed to build a business that would be worth more than 500 million. And as much as he, he will not admit it, he was my business mentor, he was my public speaking mentor, he was mentor in a lot of areas of life. And, and he used to make me laugh. His sense of humor was... Not everybody can handle him because he, if if you get insulted, you shouldn't be around him because he will. But he's a unique person. Sometimes in life, God sends you unique people. And you meet them and say, this guy is unbelievable. So he used to sit together and his children are there and his grand-grandchildren. And you know, the whole family. And he only talked to me, so I'm sitting here sometimes just invited for some event of the family. And he said, Yeah, huh? What are you gonna do? Look at this. Look at this. So what's wrong with, with your grandchildren? I say, they know every baseball player exists in the... Everybody they know. What else are they doing besides knowing the names of the baseball players? That's what he's telling me. <laughs> Bob, stop it. He said I can't stop it. I can't. I look at those. I look. I say, say, you tell me to stop. If it's spiritual to stop, I will stop. Okay. And the beautiful things about what I'm sharing with you that saying, he say, it can go with the flow. You have to be the flow. If you're not the flow, or at least try to be the flow, then what are you? What are you? What are you? You try to be humble now? Let the universe humble you. Never be humble. Let the universe humble you. Trust me. The universe is yin and yang. You try to hit the highest potential, you're going to get slapped in your face right away. That's humble. Much better to get humble from the universe than humble yourself. Because if you humble yourself, that's the ego. You understand? I'm humbling myself. Such an ego! I'm humbling myself. I decide when I get humble. No, no. Let the universe slap you in the face so bad that you. I got it. Got it. Got it. No problem. I got it. I got it. But if you try to make yourself humble, you know, I meet so many spiritual people. Say, I'm working on being humble now. I say, Disgusting ego. I'm working on being humble. Now, you know, working any even ego and then get slapped in the face. One of the synagogue invited me to give a lecture. <laughs> my ego went up, my picture went in all the synagogue coming out, coming. And and my children see me and said, You seem very excited to go and do it. Say, yeah, yeah, I'm going full force. Here I am. I'm arriving. There's three people waiting. One of them fall asleep already before I start. <laughs> and one of them talking on the phone, not texting. <laughs> And the third one who actually listened asked me if I can repeat myself every time. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Ashay, I was like, God, I love you so much. This is so beautiful, so beautiful. Thank you, thank you. And the idea I want to try to tell you if you stop working on yourself too much, it's the ego, the universe will find you. Don't worry. Don't worry. I was driving to Vegas about three years ago, two years ago, but you know, when you go to Vegas, if you ever drove, you can't go, I, I don't want to teach people, I'm not an example of driving, as my kids will tell you, I'm not a good example. So, I can be an example in other area. that's not one of the areas, okay, driving. So I drive, I drive, I let the car, I go with the flow, you know, I let the car go a little bit, uh, there's nothing on the road, so you gotta go and i'm very good with the police really they're not usually catching me that place i can tell you the city police stop me i'm opening the window and what's the first thing i'm telling him and he starts laughing he couldn't help himself i say whatever you say i'm okay but tell me one thing how did you get me and he starts laughing saying nobody ever how did you get me I said, there is no- I never miss police. I have my mirror. I know how to look at you. I don't. How did you get me? It's a laughing. It's a laughing. So he said, I'm sorry, You see that? That's a drone above you who got you. It was a drone. I said, My God. My God. And unfortunately, I happened to stop in the worst area that exists in the entire California, where the ticket is. Uh, I don't want to tell you the price. I'm embarrassed and the point on the license and everything that can go wrong but it teach me a lesson, humble me, humble me after so many years of driving, I slow down, slow down so now you see me driving, when I get to 65 which is pretty slow, 70, uh, uh, not even begin so I drive like this and I feel, uh, that's life, what can you do, you know until 2021, you see that, <laughs> when the license Get rid of the, the whole thing. And they don't even let you go to school to change it. No, that's that's it, you know? And life humbles you. Life humbles you. And when life humbles you, that's really being humble. When you humble yourself, it's cheating. It's, it's an ego trip. So going back to the parasha, that's basically the whole thing. When we continue and see, there is more details. Like why Yosef didn't go to see his father. He's a king. Go see your father, make your father feel good. Or Haim said that he was afraid that the brother would kill even the father because he didn't know that the brother were a good brother and maybe they're sorry for what they did. He said if I will go and see, tell my father I'm alive The brother will find out and then they will be so ashamed that they will have to eliminate my father to bury the secret That's one thing. I'm sharing with you now the whole other thing and here basically the one lady who go tell Jacob that Yosef is alive, her name is Serah Batasher. She's a woman, the daughter of Asher. The blessing she gets is to live forever. She never die. And the idea is what we learn from that. There is people who always bring bad news. There is people like that. They only bring bad news. In the Middle East we call people like this Nachs. You know, they only bring they, they can help it. They want to tell you they actually rush to tell you the bad news rush rush to tell you somebody got from it got cancer somebody lost their money this is all what they born to do they can't can, can help it there's people who bring good news Sarah Batasher was waiting for that moment to go to Jacob and bring him the good news and the moment that Jacob heard the good news automatically his prophecy come back unbelievable Right away, he know everything, he know where everything's going, and what we learned from that. When you're miserable, you only think about yourself. You don't have prophecy. What is prophecy? Prophecy when your brain is open to to see everything. If you don't have happiness in your life, it's because you're uncertain about something. You're uncertain about your future. You're uncertain about your money, about your love, about something. Get out of it already. Get out of it. And and stop believing. That people are the solution. People are not the solution. I mean, why, why when Yosef revealed himself to the brother, he said to them, Ki Hashem shlachani. He said, God sent me into Egypt so we can have money, we can have good for our family for the future. Why he didn't he say to them, They will feel better? Because of you, I am now the king, I'm the second to the king of Egypt. In those those times Egypt was controlled all over the world. So, can you imagine if he say to them, I should tell you thank you for sending me to Egypt. He doesn't say I should say thank you to you. Say so I would say God is the one who sent me to Egypt. What we learn from that, that you can't say thank you to a human being about the greatest thing it did to you. I mean, you can say thank you, but you should always include God. So if something good happened from a human being, you can say thank God to let you do it to me. The question is why? Or Haim asked this question. Why? Why can't you say directly the thank you? Because people are flipping. People change. Today they're happy with the compliment. Tomorrow they want to kill you for that compliment. People are not stable. But if you include God in this situation, nobody can say a word. Same thing, who did it? Eliezer with Avram. Eliezer, the servant of Avram, when he went there to find a wife for <coughs> his master's son, Isaac. And he find Rebecca. He tells, listen, I told God this was going to happen, this is going to happen. Lavan, who was the witchcraft and all those negative people there, could kill him. But instead of us they we say, well, it's come from God, do nothing. It happened again with Jacob, when, when Lavan want to kill Jacob. And Lavan said to Jacob, I could kill you, but your God came to me in the dream and said, stay away. All those things happen as you get God involved. The question, how much of your conversation with people you get God involved? Not from an ego place, from a place of real. You know, you thank them and say, thank God for sending you to me. Thank God for the wrong people I met. Thank God for the right people I met. Because the wrong people lead you into also good places. When you have people who are pushing you away from their friendship. You know, some people, uh, um, if their parents work in the army or something like this, in the United States they have to move every few years to a different base. So the kids kind of grow up with a home that keep changing between three to five years. Always change. Some of those kids are happy and extremely successful. Some of those kids crush. Something's in the same family. One daughter, she's a, a, a captain in, a, in a, what, the, what do you call it, the United Airlines. Okay, captain United Airlines. And her brother keep going to psychologists and crying for why he had to move from three to five years what do we learn from that what do you want to make from your life it's not what your life did to you what are you making out of your life yeah move every three and five years i move every the river i didn't move all my life you think it make me better nothing same house miserable same house in a weird neighborhood and in the end where did i find myself in kibbutz i left i went to a kibbutz you have no idea the change i cannot even describe to you if you're not israeli you would never understand from where i went to a kibbutz. Totally different from how I grew up. From from if you know from Zeber Bizrahiz or Argov into David Boy. You know, it's like a different different type of personality. Am I miserable because of the change? For people who are Yom Kippur, you don't leave the synagogue for people to sacrifice a pig. Oh, Neom Kippur, you know, you, you, you need to understand. But everything I went through, built me for what I am today, and I'm thanking for the mistake too. I'm not just thanking for the good thing. So, you need to understand that you got to look up to God. You got to look up to the people you meet, the wrong one, the right one, the people who push you to the pit, the people who help you to get higher. You cannot just take them. You have to thank God for meeting them. You have sense that it's always in your mind. Why? Because that will not bring fight. If you're taking them directly, it's okay. But on top of it, say thank God. You always have to have three ingredients. When you do giving or receiving, it's you, the person, and God. If you give directly to the person and God is not involved in that, that giving is an agenda. If you're receiving from a person a gift and God is not involved in it, It's an agenda. If you say I'm receiving it because I know God sent it through you to me and I'm really thanking you or I'm giving you because I feel that's what God wants me to do. You are involving God in everything you do. If you don't involve God in everything you do, like we learn from Yosef here, then you can not truly achieve a balance in your life. People with no higher power it's either ego or depression or up or down, all kinds of nonsense you know, but when you achieve that force with you, wherever you go, wherever you go, you said, okay, what does God want for me in this situation? What does God want for me in that particular, what should I do? Then you allowed God to get involved. As the book, uh, The Secret, I'm sure you read it, it's talking about, you know, the mind of a human being. You become what you think, they say. You become what you think. If you're afraid of the bills, will arrive in the, in the post office or here uh, in your mail and you think oh what is gonna be the next bad thing that will arrive then that's what you think that's what you are gonna have if you say I can't wait for this good news to happen then good news to happen I can't wait to, to talk to an opera on a show about spirituality this is the next thing coming or Ellen DeGeneres, whoever your favorite person is. So whatever you're thinking about, fame and faith, but think about it. Is it happening? not think about it as what happened if it's not happening. So Yosef was including God in it. And when you're including God in everything, then is God want the best for you? If you don't believe in it, then I can convince you that it's true. You have to know it's true that the creator who created you want the best for you. If you don't believe the creator created you want the best for you, it's almost like you're creating an omelet, and you want to be the worst omelet possible. I mean, why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you create the worst things possible? I want to, I want to, I want to create the worst shoes possible. Why? No, God, when he created you, he wants the best things for you. So if you not enjoy it for the best, you're going to change something in the filter. So whatever you're taking in will work. And if your life is not where it needs to be, you're going to check in. Either your level of desire is missing or either your level of fulfillment is missing. One of them is not working well. Either the minus, either the plus. The plus is the, is the fulfillment. The minus is the uh, desire. Those are Yehuda and yourself. So this all week... Um, Tomorrow is New Year Eve. Meditate. You know, you want to dance? Dance, jump, do the do the glasses with the 2020. No problem. I'm never against it. I just say, just take five minutes, even. If you're in a club, or if you dance, or if you're flipping in the air, I don't know what you're doing. Take a five minutes aside. Meditate that all the brain of human being will feel fulfilled. Will awakening for a desire of, of love. And Give a chance for each other. Give a chance not to hate each other. Give a chance. Five minutes it takes. In the middle of the night, like 11:30 or 11:25. Stop. And send that energy, because the brain of humanity is open at that time, and because the brain of humanity is open, that's the time to inject that thought. You know, this is this is the biggest thing you can do in your life. You know. And the, the, Normally, my, my style is to go where there is a lot of people, and I usually take the Zohar or Tikkun Zohar with me, and I read, and I want to influence people. I'm not in the same level as uh, two other spiritual leaders. One is in Israel, one is in Miami. Uh, the other guy is in Miami. Is what he does is is a wild rabbi. God bless him and give him more bravery. He go into all the club. <laughs> God bless this rabbi, and he go one by one. I mean, he has like spirit. Oh actually there is another guy in Toronto, too rabbi. One in Toronto does it and one does it in Miami. And he go there to affect people in a spiritual way. The third guy is a guy that we met in our trip. He does it in the clubs in Israel. He does it all all the clubs in Israel and right now he become very famous because of that. And he's come from Nebra, it's a very religious town. And he go to every club and he only teach people about one thing. Just commit. You're not gonna speak evil speech. For one hour a day. You don't speak evil speech one day a week. That's what I tell people. You go around. Now you have a, a, a bracelet that you can wear. You have sign all over Israel about it. He become quite famous, the guy in Israel. The guy in Florida of course and the guy in Toronto that I met of course. So those people are going into the places where there is no spirituality and they're able to do spirituality. I, I'm, I'm so proud of them. I'm so even jealous, jealous in a good way, not in an in ayinara way, like, wow, well, this is, it takes balls, it takes, like, you're strong to go in and do it, and and just share light into those places, not share light, we are sitting here and reading some book, Can't take the book, we're going out to the club, and we share with you something, can you imagine? It's like, that's, that's going to bring the Messiah, the Messiah cannot come by us study books and stuff, it's nice, I mean, it's nice. But can you imagine somebody open the phone on Vital and show it, close the music in the club, say, five minutes, we're going to see Vital? It's a crazy concept. It's a crazy concept. Crazy. Who oh, would do that? And can you imagine if they do that? So, whatever they are on, some influence that they are on before the new year eve, and they're watching this video, and they, I don't know, high or something, and this is going into their soul? That's it, that's Bashir. Mashiach, Ben Yosef, Mashiach Ben David, that we talk about, come from the people. It cannot come from a leader of religion or from class of study. It has to come from where they are, not where we are. We are here, study some spirituality. It's nice. But that's, the goal is out there. out there. So if you reach to the club, if you reach to the Amunim, it's called the Ha'am, where the where the majority of people, that's the work. So that's why I always say those... To and this guy, my friend, is in Israel, God bless him, he he's like unbelievable, just unbelievable guy with his, of no, with his motorcycle, I love this guy, go with a motorcycle, and he's very successful, very successful, uh, but he's still with his motorcycle, he believes and just speaking, Lashon Hara is the worst thing, just don't speak Lashon don't speak gossip. and that's all what he preached, and he's going to bring that concept to, to America soon, so he's going to come to America and bring that concept, and uh hopefully you have the privilege to the for him to give a talk here and and uh, and talk all right you gotta go i gotta go god bless you thank you for coming